Welcome to the Prep Football Podcast. I'm KJ Filcher alongside Jeff Linder. Well, not technically, not literally alongside, uh, virtually alongside uh, Jeff Linder uh, today as we uh, we delve into uh, the happenings of last week's Prep Football slate and the games uh, coming up this weekend for week two uh, across the state of Iowa. Uh, Lindy, how you doing? And and uh, how was last Friday uh, for the uh, kickoff for uh, teams across the state? Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was a warm night, but I expect that on week one. And uh, I had uh, Cedar Rapids Kennedy and Iowa City West, a really, really good competitive game uh, for 2720. Uh, not a lot of offense, really. I think it was 233 yards for Kennedy and about 180 for Iowa City West. Really good defensive game. Uh, Kennedy had two really critical interceptions. One early was for a touchdown. Another came late and then uh, sealed the game. But uh, I think Kennedy found itself a running back in Jason Williams. Uh, 33 carries, 179 yards, if I recall. And uh, and they play good defense. And uh, I'll tell you, how often do you see a, a 5A school that has a freshman quarterback? And that's what Iowa City West has in Jack, Jack Wallace. Wow. Yeah, not uh, not very often. I mean, uh, you know, it was a big deal when uh, Marcus Morgan as a sophomore stepped in. Uh, right. Remember how that was. And, of course, now, uh, you know, of course, kids, it seems like uh, w- with everything that's available to them now, uh, they're more ready than ever to step into the varsity level in, in multiple sports. Um you know, because of all that experience, but yeah, that is very rare at the uh, at the large school level to have somebody that young uh, being able to to man the reins a little bit, and, and not to mention do it against a really tough yeah uh, schedule. Yeah, and and he had he had his moments. Uh, he completed about half his passes and uh, threw threw for just over hundred and. I'll tell you, he sure doesn't look like a freshman. He's about 6'1", 6'2". I think they've got him listed at 205. So that's a, you know, a, a seasoned freshman. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a big kid for, uh, I would guess, a 14, 15-year-old kid. Um, you know, one other thing I want to touch on about your game, something you were able to do at halftime, uh, one of the things that we, we really take a lot of pride on um, in and you do a lot of work um, uh, to, to maintain, you know, to, to carry out each year. Uh, our Gazette Athletes of the Year, Marcus Morgan and uh, uh, Rohair. Um, Aurora. Aurora, that's right. I, was, I kept thinking Andrea, and I knew that wasn't right. So, but you were able to award. Yeah, it's Aurora. And uh, uh, she, she's the, the first swimmer that, that his one athlete of the year and uh you know what a what a time to have a first one uh, she, she's going to stanford uh she was at the olympic trials so obviously a very very talented kid and and most of us know you know everything that uh that marcus morgan has accomplished on the field and on the court and on the track and all that baseball field and uh for, for iowa city west as well but it, it was a neat night and it was it was kind of neat to be able to present both of those at once yeah for it pretty cool situation there. Um, you know, Kennedy has uh, Bettendorf this week. Uh, Bettendorf yeah. lost uh, uh, 
I don't know if it was really yeah, I'd say it's low at least a low scoring affair with Urbandale. Um you know, uh Kennedy's uh seem to be kind of right where they were last year again. Yeah, I think so. I think they're they put themselves in a pretty good spot and I sure wouldn't be surprised if uh if they want another one this week. I was looking through uh varsity bound and Bendorf had 44 yards of offense against Urbandale last week. Wow. That's you, you never see that. No, usually they have more than that uh, with their rushing attack that they put together um, on a regular basis. So, yeah, it might not be the same uh, uh, Bendorf team, uh, I suppose. In, uh, in, yeah. Uh, and you, you had uh, you had Saints from Western Dubuque last week, right? What did uh, what you learn from uh, from Saints Field? It looks like uh, Xavier's uh, rebuilding or reloading or whatever you want to call it might not be as steep as we thought. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you know you kind of have an idea of what's in front of you, given the the programs that are on the field and with Western Dubuque and Xavier you can pretty much bet it's going to be, you know, like a bare knuckle brawl uh, a little bit. And that's what it, uh, that's what it seemed like early on. Um, both teams uh, uh, really stout defensively. Uh, Western Dubuque strong up front. Um, Xavier's defense, uh, you know, just kind of the same uh, type of product year in and year out. But uh, the, the real question uh, I thought were playmakers for Xavier. Uh, you lost uh, Jackson Rex Raw from from last year. Uh, Jack Lux is gone. Who are they going to have step in? Um, I think Alex Neal uh, played very well through for over 200 yards uh, and a couple touchdowns. But the one that really stood out, I think, uh, was Aiden McDermott. Uh, he just made – it seemed like whenever they needed uh, a big gain or a big play – he was the one that was dialed up and he came through most of the time, um, had well over a hundred yards uh, receiving. I think they added another 50 or, or 60 rushing as well. Cause they, they went almost a little bit of a jet sweep with something that's, that's rare from a, I don't ever remember Xavier really running plays like that, but uh, they're doing whatever they could to get McDermott the ball. And uh, Michael Cunningham was uh, a decent uh, uh, rushing for over a hundred yards as well for Xavier. Um, but the key thing was the way they moved the ball and, you know, they were able to produce time-consuming scoring drives late in the game. It was tied 14-14 in the fourth. Xavier went 90 yards on, I think, nine plays. Uh, it ended up with a, a score, and then they got three and out. And then they went another 70 yards and melted five minutes five and a half minutes off the clock that that says a lot uh you know just about the the poise and uh uh maturity i guess maybe or uh what have you with the uh especially with the offensive line doing that like western dubuque so that really stood out also uh you know western dubuque's gonna be fine (laughs) you know they're really stout defensively like i said um, offensively, uh, uh, Andrew Oltman's is going to be a, 
I mean, it's going to be a tough whiteout. You know, they've had some good receivers with birds and, uh, you know, some of them, the solar, I think, uh, also uh, was a good receiver. Western Dubuque is going to have uh, some playmakers like that again. All right. JJ, thanks for joining us. Uh, I apologize. I know, no problem. JJ was at uh, Kingston last week for uh, for Wash and Jeff. And imagine you have a lot to say about that one. Um, not really. Uh, we, it was uh, it was not not pretty. Um, I I don't think you'll find anyone who uh, even on the Washington side who thought it was um, seventy nine and nothing speaks for itself. Um, you know, we all. Uh, had, you know, a lot of questions going in, obviously, guys, about how Jefferson uh, might not even have a uh, – be able to field the varsity team, and um, the Jayhawks have decided to give it a go, and 21 kids, juniors and seniors, uh, dressed out for Friday night's game. So, um, in Washington, you know, at least according to our rankings, is a good football team, so it just – it all added up into um, – into what it was, and uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how things move forward. Um, you know, Jefferson Wise. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll continue to stick it out. But that's a decision I think that might be on a week to week basis. And you know, Washington. I don't know if it really learned anything about itself. To be quite honest, guys, uh, probably learn a lot more um, Thursday night uh, at Kingston against Mary. What? Did, did they bring any sophomores up to the varsity, or was it just the 21 juniors and seniors? No, it was just 21 juniors and seniors, and, um, uh, you know, sophomore team. Um, the game did not go or kind of went similarly, uh, quite honestly, uh, with Washington winning by a long way. And uh, the freshman game, however, Jefferson was able to win on, I think they played Thursday night. So I think that's the class that um, – you know, everyone over there kind of wants to, to really build with. Um, and, you know, they want to kind of keep that class together and, and keep, you know, uh, it, you don't want guys to get injured. Right. So you're not going to you're not going to throw kids that physically are not able to to play varsity football. You're just not going to throw those kids into into the mix, especially, uh, you know, against a five a 5A schedule like Jefferson has. You'd be better off just to just to take your lumps this year and, and keep that group together and hopefully keep them healthy, keep them energized and interested. And, uh, you know, maybe better things will come here in two years. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, it's, it's not an easy situation. I mean, guys, we all know it. And, uh, you know, I think there's, again, as we've kind of talked amongst ourselves, there's, it's not, it's a complex issue, right? I mean, there's a lot of factors that are, that are going into that, uh, going into this, um, and, you know, uh, it, it's something that is going to take a lot of hard work by a lot of people, in my opinion, to, to uh, you know, to, to get this turned around at Jefferson and to get kids wanting to go out and play football and, and to be, uh, you know, to be a representative, uh, to be a representative program. And probably the first item of business is just to keep them there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and we saw, unfortunately, um, uh, you know, a handful of kids or so that 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 uh, decided that uh, you know it was better for them to move on to other schools, and um, and you know, quite frankly, I think there were some kids that uh, 
just decided to stay at Jefferson and just not play football this year. So, um, you know, like I said, it's really a difficult situation and, um, you know, you feel for the kids and, and quite frankly, I personally feel a ton of admiration for those 21 kids. Um, I mean, they, they, they played their butts off as, as what, you know, wash coach Mo blue said after the game, uh, it's just the fact that there weren't, there, there were only 21 of them. And, um, you know, by the fourth, by the fourth quarter, uh, I mean, you, the, the, those kids were, were dog tired and, um, but give them a ton of credit, you know, for the, the 21, uh, that did play and participate, um, you know, I think these are great life lessons for those boys. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, uh, they know it's not easy and, and it's not going to be, they're not going to be, they shouldn't be judging on wins and losses. Uh, I mean, but they're, they're participating uh, and that's, that's going to be good for them um, further on in life, quite frankly, beyond football. And, you know, I, I don't know what you guys think. And I know I texted you, texted this the other day, but, you know, it wasn't long ago that Jefferson had a really good, a very competitive team. They were seven and four. I don't know if it was 15, 16, 17, one of those years. Uh, got to the quarters, uh, played Washington tough in that quarterfinal game and really wasn't that far from getting to the dome. So it can be done, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be difficult. Sure. And I think, um, you know, if you look at a situation, uh, uh, you know, quite frankly, we, we talk about the three um, public schools in town. I mean, it's not an easy gig at Washington anymore either when you look at it's such a dwindling enrollment, right? Um, uh, but that program, you know, has, has continued to, 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 you know, kind of go along here and have success. It's in a lower class now, um, which is just crazy for – and I know KJ is a football alum at Wash. I mean, that just, that just must – it's hard to believe, isn't it, Pelchi? You know, they're not yeah. in the biggest class, right? So. Right. It's, you know, one of the things, too, that you, you kind of have to look at, maybe it was a little bit more uh, apparent, you know, in, in 2008 with the floods. But between, between the flood, then, uh, you know, things were built up a little bit. But then last August, I mean, you really can't overlook the – impact that Rachel had on a lot of people and especially those within you know those public school districts I know living on in the Jefferson district there are a lot of displaced people and a lot of people that uh, uh, that had to move um, because of that and not saying that has a direct impact but that might have a little bit to do as far as numbers go um, whether some kids are available or even want to do stuff like that um, right now. Um, it, and it does, not only is Washington um, in four, not in the biggest class kind of a shock, but, you know, this is too given, uh, you know, I remember playing against one of Jefferson's best teams, uh, you know, in 92. Um, we all know about, uh, you know, the history they had, um, you know, decades ago, and uh, you mentioned uh, Brian Webb's team that made the playoffs back-to-back -back years and, and made the quarterfinals. You know, it, it's, it's just kind of surprising that there isn't a bigger group of kids because they would have been there to witness that as junior highs, 
as we all know that that success can really invigorate a program and, and put some energy and excitement in the kids coming up because they see that they want to be like those guys. It just hasn't happened for Jefferson. And, and it's kind of a shock. What's uh, what really is kind of, gone on with uh, those two uh, Cedar Rapids schools? Uh, you know, just kind of looking through all the rest of the Metro, um, Lindmar was a big winner, uh, 41 to nothing over, I'm sorry, 63 to 14 over Liberty. Uh, City High beat uh, Liberty 41 nothing. The game that really showed me something, the team that really showed me something was Prairie. Uh, they were without a lot of kids uh, for various reasons um, and beat Pleasant Valley, which made the semis last year, 27-21. And that, I, that really showed me that they might have something really good out there. Yeah, and you have to consider that, you know, uh, the, the kids, the multiple starters that were out for um, violation of school policy, um, you know, they're going to be back for, for game four. Uh, and beyond. So um, when you can can take, you know, uh, uh, a team that was missing so many important guys, and, and like you said, Jeff, beat a, beat a good Pleasant Valley team that was in the semifinals uh, last year, that, that that's really a, quite a statement win. And uh, the numbers out there, I, th I think they were in the, the maybe the low 70s overall uh, as far as the number of kids. So, um out of depth, obviously, and I mean that's such a tough um, prepare for anybody, as we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum with with the single wing and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean that, that's a that's a statement win and in a tough situation for for Prairie. You know, I I think if you look at the uh, score, you know they. Uh, or, or the stats, I, I mean, Brandon Blicko, uh, you know, he was somebody that uh, joined the program last year. He, uh, he had the range at, at quarterback. Um, you know, Trey Peterson led them in receiving, but it was Mikel uh, Taylor, a junior, that rushed for 136 yards and three TDs. So, so obviously they have some uh, uh, strong talent there. But like you said, losing that many starters, you know, and being able being able to to get a quality win like that, JJ, and you highlighted it with week four, everybody coming in. Uh, you know, you've got Dubuque Senior, which is a winnable game. Uh, Cedar Falls, which will be a tough one. We've talked about Bettendorf, uh, the situation they're at right now. Um, that's the first game where you might have everybody together and have that death. And uh, I tell you what, uh, it very well um, could make them a stronger unit. You know, when they get uh, into October and they're facing Southeast Polk, I will see West Lindmar to close out the season. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this might even make them a stronger team overall, um, despite uh, what's going on here to start. How good do you think both Lindmar and, and City High are? I, I think they both might be pretty good. 
Definitely improved, right? Um, and you know, I, I think the proof's in the in, in the pudding. Obviously, as the old cliche goes, but uh, you know, I think uh, I don't know if breath of fresh air is maybe that's the right way to put it when you look at coaching changes there, and um, you know, and, and Mitchell Moore at City High, who's a very enthusiastic guy. Not you know, not to say that uh, the legendary Dan Sabers wasn't that way too, but. Uh, and then Tim Lovell, as we know, going over from from Marion to Linmar. So sometimes, you know, a change in, in coaching, may, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, changes things in the program, right? And maybe gets kids uh, a little more enthused or things like that. So, um, you know, the immediate dividends are, are very obvious for both schools. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, not proclaiming that both teams are going nine or no or anything, but uh, you know, great start. I mean, that, that's momentum you need, right, boys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I was impressed with uh, Mitch Moore, um, he didn't want to sell these current seniors short. It would have been really easy to say, "Hey, we're going to build and look forward to the future a little bit." You know, this is my first year. We'll take our lumps. Uh, he really worked hard to get this team up and up and rolling uh so they can have immediate immediate success now i still need to find out you know uh iowa city liberty is under a first year coach as well uh so it's hard to tell really what both teams opponents would like i think uh some tests will come later on to, to see where they're really at but i really like the fact that mitch moore was like hey we're you know, these guys have been devoted to the program. We're going to do whatever we can to, you know, uh, let them finish off uh, with some success. And, you know, uh, good start uh, there as well. And the thing the thing that stands out really about City High, throw last year out. Really? Last year was so screwy yeah. and weird. Throw last year out. They had two losing seasons, but I think the season before that, they were like nine and three, eight and four. They're not that far removed from actually, uh, you know, being a, a very good program. Right. Very good team. Uh, however, uh, the three years being down seems like an eternity for a program like Iowa City High. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, look what, uh, you know, Mitch Moore, uh, Tim Lovell, uh, and even Matt Hattie. Uh, with Clear Creek Amana, all three of them getting wins, uh, you know, impressive wins uh, week one. That 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 says a lot about uh, each of their programs kind of being being on the way up. Yeah, uh, you know, j- just the last two uh, Metro Iowa City games we hadn't touched on. You started to there. Uh, Clear Creek Amana beat uh, Marion 36-35. I think there was a late block punt that uh, figured in uh, prominently with that outcome. And uh, Regina under Jason Dumont, another first-year guy, uh, beat West Liberty. I'm sorry, they beat um, Williamsburg 16-14. Yeah, uh, Regina. I mean, I, I'm not surprised by Regina. I mean, that's – uh, it's, it's new head coach technically, but it's, it's the same staff minus Marv cook. Right. So, uh, and the talent level there is always good. Uh, mm-hmm. certainly. And, um, you know, uh, co- congrats to coach Hattie for, for that win. That was a game that, uh, I think Marion felt like probably let get away a little bit. 
Um, you know, it is what it is. For that's another cliche, but it's true. And um, you know, uh, Clear Creek Amanda made made a couple plays there, as you mentioned. You know, and, and one on special teams that that ended up turning that game. And um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, if that propels uh, both schools moving forward, certainly I think Regina is uh, another really good team. And, um, you know, Clear Creek Humana is in a tough, you know, district in 4A. And uh, interested to see how Marion kind of rebounds, uh, you know, again, Thursday night from from that disappointment. You know, one thing I'll say about uh, Regina, well, I guess a couple things about Regina and Williamsburg. One, uh, I don't think it's any secret to know that Marv Cook delegated a lot of stuff to Jason Dumont and uh, Ed Hinkle. Obviously, the Bucs stopped with Cook, and, and he he was the overseer. But those two, uh, you know, there's not, it's not going to be a lot of change um, as far as what Regina does and how they do it. Um, so I don't think the transition was too bad there. Obviously, uh, the roles are still the same with with those two. Uh, uh, the guys, uh, those two guys leading the way. Um, they had a lot of line experience back, which, uh, you know, is, is invaluable, especially at the, you know, the lower classes to have that type of experience up front because, uh, you know, if you don't have that as good as skill guys as you, you think you have, they're not going to be asked. So that, that's a huge uh, thing for Regina this year, having that, uh, experience in, in a, a good line up front. Uh, the second thing with Williamsburg, I'm just going to tell you, they had Regina week one. They have Ben Meter yeah. this week. Um, remember a couple years ago where they had like uh, like Regina or, or Solon and Western Dubuque when they won the state title and they started like one and four or oh and three something like that and then they came on like gangbusters uh because they they got into district play and just rolled i would not be surprised if we see that out of williamsburg this year where their their early season schedule is stacked and it might seem like oh this is a down year for them and then when they get into their their 2a district play and postseason uh i won't be surprised if they roll they're going to win. Yeah. Solon in week three, I think I saw too, right, Belch? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> so that's uh, – uh, they're, they're, not, they're not afraid, and, and they'll be battle-tested. I know that's, uh, you know, such a goofy term, but it's going to be the case for them, I think, uh, as the season goes, especially when it was a you know, 16-14 game with Regina and – Metro out in the area. Um, who, who surprised you? Who might be better? Who might be kind of a sneaky good team that we might not have had on our radar at the beginning of the season? Oh, go ahead, KJ. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, you know, first of all, uh, I, I was surprised uh, with a few of the results. Uh, Linda, I think in our four downs uh, uh, take uh, that you can see at the gazette.com, uh, you mentioned how Waverly Shellrock really handled uh, Wakan. I think on, on both ends there that uh, uh, 
you know, Waverly Shell Rock is better than expected. Um, you know, but Wakan, uh, kind of uh, uncharacteristic uh, of them. Um, you know, uh, Iowa Valley. I, I don't know. There's something I, I mentioned them. Um, you know, but they, they beat BGM. I think BGM's a, a good eight-player team. Uh, they, you know, for Montezuma results go, uh, they hung tough with, with Montezuma. Um, it was 30 to 18 at halftime before Montezuma really got away in the third quarter. Yeah, so I, I think Iowa Valley could be a team. Uh, the only problem is, you know, you've got – Montezuma, Easton Valley uh, was exceptional this first week. Don Bosco, uh, you know, I think Lone Tree's 2-0 and um, right now. Uh, you know, MBGM is still there. Uh, they, they could be sneaky good, but uh, it's going to be uh, tough for anybody um, when it comes to the postseason. And Dyer Hill Beckman is the one that really, yeah. I think, stands out, uh, though, now that I think about it. Their win over, was it Comanche? Yeah. You know, uh, I thought Comanche was going to be a good team in 2A, and, and Dyersville Beckman doubled them up 28-14, I think. So, uh, I think uh, uh, Coach Atwater has a good product up there, and that could be a, a fun team to keep an eye on. Yeah. A few teams I kind of circled. Um, West Burlington, Notre Dame, 55-13. Uh, I think we're going to learn a lot more about them this week. They go over to Sigourney Kyoto for, for a game. And Sigourney Kyoto had to come from behind to beat Durant, so maybe that's going to be a competitive game. Um, Clayton Ridge. Uh, I, I know Postville's been a struggling program, but, uh, you know, 58-8. to And, uh, again, they got a toughie this week against MFL. We'll see kind of where they fit in up there. Um Put it to Albert last week. They play East Buchanan in, a, in another border game. Um, and North Fayette Valley uh, took down South Wind 7 0. So maybe North Fayette Valley is back a little bit. So, anything really uh, Sorry, I was just going to mention Decora. You know, really, uh, that, that, that's a. Uh, they lost obviously a ton of guys, but 41 uh, 14. Anytime you beat Crestwood, 41 14, that's. Uh, that's a pretty impressive win as well. Uh, you guys want to talk about this week or what, uh, what's on your minds? Well, what are some of the games you guys are looking forward to? I know, Lindy, uh, you're heading up to, to Manchester uh, on Friday. Uh, you know, is, is that the number one game really uh, – uh, in our area uh, with uh, West Delaware and, and Xavier. I think so. I think that's going to be, you know, talking about physical and, and all that, that's going to be every bit of physical. I think that's going to be a really good game. I I, I think that's going to be as good as anything in the area. I think Independence Clear Creek is going to be a good game. Uh, and then we've got Solon Mount Vernon. Uh, and that's always, you know, interesting. Uh, Mid Prairie Sigourney, I mentioned MFL Clayton Ridge, North Northland East uh, Buchanan. Kind of the, the good area games. We've already talked a little bit about the stuff that's going on uh, within the corridor. 
Sorry, that was my sister that just wanted to say hi, guys. So, <laughs> KJ knows her. They're, they went, they're fellow uh, uh, graduates from Wash in, in what year was that? 1960, what, KJ? Uh, yeah. <laughs> 93, and I believe that was a decade after uh, you almost. <laughs> so, uh, so make all the jokes you want. You're still older, buddy. Every hey, day, buddy, buddy, I feel it. Before, before we talk about uh, anything else, you notice that, JJ? Um, did you guys mention West Branch Waterloo Columbus, I think, is a game that – Jeff, did you mention that one? I'm sorry you kind of cut out on me there for a second. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's one that really catches my eye. <laughs> JJ, do you want to acknowledge my Kraken? Uh, oh, he's representing. Yeah. God bless yeah. you. I did that just for you. Well, I I I appreciate it, kind of. <laughs> uh as a diehard St. Louis Blues fan, but uh, I'm glad you're coming around to hockey. That's all I know, Bill. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the experiment <laughs> goes. <laughs> so where are you guys going to be this week? KJ, you've got two this weekend, right? Yeah, I'm going to be at uh, the Marion versus Cedar Rapids, Washington game at, uh, at Kingston on Thursday. So you can follow me at KJ Pilcher uh, for that. That'll be interesting to see how Marion rebounds from Clear Creek Amana and, and maybe a better test for Washington, as we said earlier. Um, and then uh, uh, Friday, um, I'm going to be at uh, Lidmar um, with uh, the Lions hosting Iowa City Liberty. So that's another one where you had uh, Lidmar coming off uh, a really lopsided victory um, in week one and in Liberty looking to, to bounce back after that uh, um, Iowa City high, high loss. Yeah, Lindy, I'll be at Kingston for uh, Kennedy and uh, Bettendorf. Real curious to, to watch the, the Cougars play. You got that honor last week. So, um, yeah, I will, we'll see. Uh, you know, I think Kennedy is a pretty good football team. Uh, you know, you can certainly answer that. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Cougars. All right. Like I said, I'll be at Manchester for the for the Hawks and the Saints. And um, that'll take care of week two. Uh, any other closing comments? Follow us on Twitter. Follow us uh, on iowaprepsports.com Friday night. Um, we've uh, – Nathan Ford's done and doing a really good job with uh, – you know, getting some game reports up there. We're doing some video, do, trying to do a lot of little different things. Uh, so uh, check that out Friday night um, after the games are over on iowaprepsports.com. Uh, one other thing I'd like to, to add in and piggyback on what Jeff said. Uh, for those out there, um, uh, especially subscribers to the Gazette, make sure you access the Green Gazette online. That's where you're going to see uh, a lot of our uh, – game stories um, that aren't in the print edition, but we are making an effort to have them readily available uh, through the Green Gazette um, online as well. Um, and make sure, uh, 
you know, a lot of things we're still uh, dedicated to our uh, football rewind. That'll be in Sunday's print uh, uh, edition that that'll include standings, uh, usually a notebook or, or stories from from Friday um, that we're following up on. So uh, we're, we're still going to have a lot of coverage and a lot of timely coverage uh, for individuals. It's just going to be uh, just kind of a different uh, version of it. Yep. Yep. We're, uh, uh, our deadlines have changed, but our commitment hasn't. We're, uh, we're not going anywhere. So... All right, well, thanks for watching and uh, enjoy your Friday night or Thursday night games. And uh, yeah, we'll see you this weekend. Keep your head on a swivel, guys.